0: Scripture reading today is Revelations 7 chapter and verses 9 through 12. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all the nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Amen. Blessings and glory and wisdom. Thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Last Sunday I forgot to thank whoever takes care of the gifters way out there.
1: The little crosses and trinkets and the sayings. I just that just to me that looks fantastic. And then we got the things over the doors there about the Heifer and that. whoever does that, thank you for making that look so good. And also want wanted to thank you for all the things you're giving me in reference to the newsletter. I do give them, they're packed in my folder, and I have a little system I'm going through, so if you think that I slide of you that you sent me one and I ain't used it yet, I'm going to use it. It's got to give me time. On the next newsletter though, I'm not going to talk about the history of the church. I'm going to put pictures not in the arrogant way, but of my family, so that you kind of get to know me outside the walls of the church. Now, I don't necessarily want to come to a basketball game and watch me, but I just look at the pictures and see me inside it when I'm standing still. You might say, that guy's all right. And if you come to a game and see me, say, Lord, who have we hired here? Uh, that's just being honest with you about who we are in my little family. So uh, that's coming. Uh, I'm not so sure that I'm a real smart guy for no smart creature would ever, number one, speak from the book of Revelation or ask to do a Bible study in the book of Revelation or receive a question from somebody in the congregation about a passage in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is a power-packed book. You first have to decide who wrote the letter. Was it John the Apostle? or somebody who assigned their name as John to get a reading in the church because some false people would put a name of a disciple or follow follower Jesus and say this was from him when it really wasn't. So you have to decide who wrote the letter. Why did he write the letter? Who did he write the letter to? What date did he write this letter? You have to know the date because the date determines your understanding of the rest of the book. Then you have to understand, was the book written for the past, the present, or the future? That goes back to the date. Then you want to know, um, does he write the book as a sequence, as a beginning and then to the end of things that's going to happen in the end? Or does he write the book, uh, say a few things through three chapters, and then come back and say something again that maybe he forgot? You have to know somewhat of the Greek and the Hebrew and all the nuances in the Greek worded. How the Greek word was used in any particular passage. You should know this word apocalyptic, end times, bad things are going to happen, and how much of this is already fulfilled in what the guys wrote in the Old Testament, and how these two come together to make the book of Revelation. It's good to know symbols. What is all these symbols this guy is talking about? What is symbolic? What is figurative language that he's using, And what is literal? What he says, is this really what he means? All these things I think you need to know when studying this book, and already I have a headache just mentioning this to you. Nevertheless, I believe the book of Revelation is the word of God, written by the Apostle John, as he was held captive in Isle of Patmos, for the sake of Jesus Christ.
0: And I believe that he has
1: something to say to us today about God's missionary nature. Now, for a moment, I'm going to do another introduction to just the introduction I've just done. I may not put everything in exact order, but I'm going to give you a framework leading up to chapter 7, which I believe shows God's missionary nature. The first three chapters, Jesus speaks to the seven churches of Asia Minor, and he compliments them for their faith in him. Right after he compliments him, he does anything a good preacher would do. He comes after him for some things they got going wrong. He says you got some bad doctrine, and he said you have some wrong lifestyle. He says not everybody does, but there's a few that do. He says to the ones that remain faithful, he says stand fast and hold on. I have a reward for you. For those who have fallen off and turned away a little bit, he calls them back to repentance, and he says. If Turn to me, this is what I'm going to do on your behalf. When we get to chapter 4 of Revelation, John is now, from a point of prayer, he has a vision of heaven. In his vision of heaven, he sees one sitting on the throne. And he's mesmerized by this one sitting on the throne. And around the throne is 24 elders, worshiping the one sitting on the throne, and four beasts in a vivid way.
0: The elders and
1: this beast, they're all worshiping and giving honor to this one who sits on the throne.
0: In chapter 5, he notices a
1: book that's in the right hand of the one sitting on this throne. And somebody in heaven goes around and says, who is worthy to open this book? And they say, nobody's worthy. The apostle begins to cry because nobody can look at this book because of these seven seals that run this book. And as he's crying, he hears a voice that says, why are you crying? He says, look, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. And he says, I saw a lamb, one like a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And they all began to worship this lamb and honor this lamb because he was the one who was able to open this book. sitting under the altar wondering who these are. Meaning, we were not under the covenant of the first five books of the Bible, circumcision, and all the law. Paul says we were grafted in. God had his holy people that he worked through to bring Savior to the world. We were grafted into that, and he sealed those groups of people. He seals the Jews' people. He seals the Gentile people. He gives them the same mark they worship Him the same way. And they bow to Him and thank Him for the mercy of God on their lives. Secondly, I would like us to notice in God's framework that look how John describes them He describes all these people by their nationality from all nations, all languages, all kindreds, all kinds of people are sealed with this seal or this mark. God did not discriminate who he was going to seal it. Evolution? How do you feel about that? Evolution, and that there is no God. When they get to college, they can't defend their faith. I ain't blaming Are we going to get the kids? Do we go get our grandkids? Do we go pick up the kids? Is that ain't to be in church? But every time you go and you pick up those kids and you put them in Sunday school or church is working, you, in your own way, as a congregation, are pushing back the evil. What is the evil? They're teaching that we're taught that there is no God, that there is no Jesus, that there's nothing there. We either allow it or in our own way we say, no, we're pushing back against that. So every time we pick up kids and do children's church or whatever, every time you bring your kids to service in your own way, I believe you're pushing back evil. Are you not saying as a congregation? Are you not in debate right now with your district and your headquarters about some issues? Are you not doing that? You're saying we don't agree with you on that. Now, I believe you guys have made it about one particular issue and money and stuff. Forget all that. What about, what what do you believe about the Bible? How, is it inspired by God? Is it to lead us, guide us, direct our lives? Or does it just, you know, the Bible does whatever it wants when it wants and it fits the culture? That's the question. But you're in debate about that right now, and you're pushing back against that idea that, no, God made a family unit to be a certain way. This is what he created. This is what he made. And this is in the Word. And in your own way, you're pushing back against that. And are you being called being spirited and hateful and not working together in the big hole of things that God is in? You, in your own way, are pushing back evil. All of you come from different backgrounds again. Preble County has grown in Hispanic, in the African American, the Japanese, the Korean, the Chinese. All these different kinds of nations are coming here and living in Preble County. It's growing. You don't discriminate against that. Anybody who's lost and don't know Jesus, that's a person of God that has worked. No matter what man no matter what language no matter where they live God made them and created them and he loves them and we show the same thing as the body of Christ we don't discriminate about who we want to reach or who we want to serve we say no we follow the lamb slain from the foundation of the world you do that as a congregation but you also do that as an individual. Now, you know, I was in the army for a long time. I've been in the factory all my life. And, and maybe because they knew I pastored and stuff. But have you ever been, you go to your friend's house or you go to work, and they see you coming, and they say, oh, there comes that holy roller. You're just, God has changed you. I can't tell you how many weddings I've done. They've asked me to leave so they can get drinking at the party. <laughs> I, I just, you know, but I, I want to be here with you guys. I'm not saying it's evil and nasty, but they knew that I represented Christ, that he had changed me, and I used to do all that mess. I don't want to be part of that no more. That's not who I am or what I want to be. So you as an individual, push back in your own way. The same that God used these angels to push back evil. And you do that as you give to Heifer International. I just want to take a moment to talk about what I had to seal, or the mark. That was a fish for mark they put on their forehead, they say. Remember I said the word symbolic and all that kind of stuff. In the early church, because persecution was so bad, they used to put a fish by the rocks in the mountains. And you better understand what that fish meant, or you had a cross over your forehead. Because the Romans would come in, pretend to be Christians, find them all, and just kill them. Because I know as soon as I go on the floor, that the blood gets you going to open up. And, and me and my family got big fights over this. I said, Amy, I can't serve God and my boys be in sports. And You've got to calm down. You've got to slow down. Needs to be done, they follow you, they serve you, and they love you. And they want to be a witness, and we want to reach out and do the things you ask us to do. And you have blessed us financially in this church, and we thank you for that. We ask you now, Lord, to be with our hearts. Help us to be a missionary minded people. Continue to do the work you've called us to do. And Lord, uh, just like you told the church in the Revelation, if we do the work, you would bless the work. I'm going to ask you to be accountable to your work. Father. Bless and wherever we go. And convict us, Lord, when we've done That's not pleasing to you. Help us to serve you, follow you, and honor you because you loved us and you care for us and we are your people. Thank you for saving us and sealing us and touching us now. I ask that you...